7 of Shades Midweek, a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. My name is John Mark Durow. I'm the worship and community pastor here at Shades Valley. I am joined today by lead pastor Jonathan Haves and proud fan of the new World Series champions, the Atlanta <laughs> Braves. I knew we were going to talk about it, so... <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, lead pastor and world champion. <laughs> you share the title, sir. I do. I do. I should get a ring. And No. Yeah, man. My, my Braves closed it out last night in, in an undeniable annihilation, just right. absolute defeat it was. Of, of the Houston Astros. Nobody can say that... Houston was the better team, and they just slipped up and just kind of lost this one. No, the Braves won it, and the Braves just won. and I feel like Atlanta just curb stomped them. I feel like Atlanta and Georgia broke the curse that we were talking about, which is they always seem to choke in these championship situations. So I'm I'm glad they got that. Hopefully, Georgia football will not do the same for the <laughs> national. But that that's another conversation. But uh, yeah, I fell asleep last night. I think during the seventh oh. inning. Oh. <laughs> I can't even talk about that. I can't even talk about that. No, man, it was it was awesome. I mean, I was really hoping Max Fried, our pitcher, uh, who's an amazing pitcher and had has had a couple of rough outings in the postseason. I was just really hopeful for him that he would have a night of redemption, and it was. He pitched a gem. I could talk about this for forever, but we, we probably should it's move incredible. on. But it was amazing. And if anybody wants to know more, just uh, you know, email me. Yeah, I'll talk I'm, about it. I'm this. happy for all my friends who are Braves fans. I have plenty of them. They're all very excited right yes, now. Absolutely. Did you do anything for Halloween over the weekend? Did the kids dress up or anything like that? So the Braves played on Halloween <laughs> night, so I gladly volunteered to stay home and hand I'm out sure candy. You, sure you did. <laughs> sure did. But, but, yeah, the kids dressed up and all that normal kind of kind of stuff but yeah. i was firmly planted in my living room <laughs> that's amazing yeah we uh we have a big there's like a big bluff park trick-or-treat uh in town where they shut off a couple of the streets and everybody goes door to door and um there's just tons of kids so our kids dress up as spider-man uh peter parker and miles morales and we just had a blast man it was awesome that's it was fun. a really good time that's fun. well cool uh we do before we get into a couple of other things uh, we do have a quick email that we need to read Ooh. let's go down to the email corridor all right this is from caitlin pippins 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 i know feels like it needs know, a Kate. british accent i know pippins. Yeah. or like the shire like Lord right, of the rings right. or something like Pippin. that um, so Caitlin Pippins wrote in and, um, <laughs> the, uh, subject is the answers and I don't, was this too, was, was it, there a question mark? Just the answers. Okay, the answers. All right. Okay. And all it says <laughs> is hello again, sweet, sweet email corridor. I'm here too. And that's it. <laughs> that's the whole email. I know the story behind this. I don't I don't know what that means. So I don't know if you remember, but uh on Brad's birthday, Caitlin was running the live stream oh. and she sent us this screenshot yes. of her putting happy birthday Brad on the live stream and we asked, did you actually display that? Like was it just on your computer screen or did you hit like go live so that everybody at home saw it? And she told me the other day, she's like, I started composing an email to respond to that to give you the answer. I see. And uh, and but I never finished. And I said, well, just send us what you've got. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, so uh, have you seen my response? <laughs> no, I haven't. What did you say? I'm going to read my response on, <laughs> on the air right now for this podcast. Oh. I really put a lot of thought into this. Okay. <laughs> Dearest Caitlin. You seem to have forgotten the remaining body of your correspondence. Perhaps a sudden bout with amnesia or even worse, I fear narcolepsy. Oh, man. I, I have something to come back to. Go ahead. Or, and I assure you, I detest these utterances. You have sent this message with such incredible haste because one has found themselves in a dire predicament and in need of severe aid. This author hopes it is neither the former or the latter. <laughs> Nonetheless, I do anticipate this finds you well and that our dialogue would serve as an elixir to whatever ailments may befall you. 
with the utmost sincerity, John Mark DeRoe, the House of Grantland. Oh, my word. So that's my response. The to House you, of Grantland? <laughs> what is that? Grant, <laughs> we live on Grantland Place. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my word. Oh, you need like a sigil now. Kenny, uh, the three hosts uh, need house names and house sigils. <laughs> Kenny, get on it. Maybe a crest. Maybe oh, a, a crest word. or something. Um. Anyway, uh, oh, that's that's fantastic. No, what's funny is you mentioning narcolepsy. Uh, I met I met with Caitlin yesterday. That's when I encouraged her. Uh-huh. I was like, just send us the email, whatever right. it is. Um, in our meeting yesterday, unrelated to anything we've talked about having to do with Shades Midweek, she mentioned the fact <laughs> that she's like, sometimes I think I struggle with narcolepsy. <laughs> She's halfway joking. That is funny. Oh, that's really that I funny. mentioned that because I had no idea. Oh man, that's well, so good. Thank you for emailing, Caitlin. We are anticipating <laughs> your response to House Grantland <laughs> greatly. Well, JM, you got an album for us? Yes. JM's album of the week. Yes. What is happening? We're just going straight into the album? We're just going straight into it. I'm digging it. I like the bass. Feels 80s, that drum intro? Yeah. My album this week is called I Don't Live Here Anymore. The band is The War on Drugs. It's one of my favorite bands in the I last 10 known. years. I they known. put out their new record, man. I was in this is the title track off the record. It feels very 80s right here. Yes. Man, I cannot tell you how much... I enjoy this record, and I this has been the most anticipated release for me all year. Yeah. Once I found out that they were putting out a record, man, I got so pumped. And I know Brad is a, is a huge fan of them too. We talk about War on Drugs a lot. I just like their vibe in general. They're they're kind of older. I think they're like in their early forties. And he's a dad. He's got he's got a like a two. Love or three how you year say old. that. Older. I just turned thirty eight the other day. <laughs> Well, you know, it's like this thing with bands. You know, if you're like a cool rock band, it's like, oh, they're probably like in their 20s. You know, they're just starting out. But War on Drugs, they're kind of seasoned. But I, I seasoned feel indie band. I feel like the best bands are almost like the best comedians. They don't right. really, really get just massive until they get a little bit older. That's true. And they've really seen some success. If you don't know who they are, I love their previous two albums that they've put out. This album is no different for me. It's fantastic from top to bottom. Uh, really strong at the beginning. I'm, I'm still listening to some at the end, but here's another track. Uh, this one's called Victim. Once again, lots of 80s vibes. I surrender, baby. Like, the effects on his voice uh, almost make me think, like, Phil Collins. Phil Collins, Don Henley. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love this whole record. It's called I Don't Live Here Anymore. Uh, the cover is really funny because, and I'll be done after this little, little anecdote, but the cover is a picture of him, the lead singer. He's a guitar player. It looks like he's running, and he's got a coffee mug in his hand. The story behind this album cover is that they took the picture. uh, They're in the snow, and they're going to the studio. He's got his guitar in his hand, and apparently in the picture he is smiling. He's got a big smile on his face, and he wanted to crop the smile out just because he's he's in a rock band, and it, you can't be seen smiling if you're in a rock band. So he cropped the face out. On the uh, <laughs> on the Apple Music version with the animated covers, it's actively snowing. Yes. On the vinyl release, this isn't even here where it says, I don't live here anymore. And there's a flap. And when you move the flap, the drummer is standing there, and he's or one of the other guys, and he has a French press full of coffee in his hand, fresh yeah. coffee. Which there's nothing better than fresh coffee in the studio. So let me know if you guys enjoy this record. I have been spinning it nonstop. 
Uh, it's called I Don't Live Here Anymore. The band is The War on Drugs. They're going to be going on tour next year. I really want to go see them. They got a couple of shows in Atlanta that have already sold out, so I don't even know if I'll be able to go at all. But, yep, I love it. War on Drugs. That's where it's at. Sweet. And uh, Brad is not here today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do we need to... Do we need to say what happened? So well, we'll give we'll give the short version as to why he's not here today, and then we'll let him give the fuller one next okay. week because he'll That's probably fair. want to tell the full story. That's fair. The short version is that Brad was in a car accident yesterday, and he is okay. He has had an MRI, and and we know he's fine and all of that. But he's he's taking it easy for for a couple of days, so no broken bones, anything like that. So nobody needs to freak out. Right. But if you'd like to send him a note of encouragement, Brad at shadesvalley.org. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll let him tell the full story next week because and it was not his fault. Yes, it was not that, his fault. We should either. let people know yeah, that it was not his fault. Yes. He was he was hit. Um, so he's okay, but uh, we'll let him tell the full story. Yeah, next let's week. we'll build some anticipation. Brad is going to share the story next week on episode eighty-eight of Shades Midweek. There you go. So okay, so in lieu of Brad, uh, I believe today is Jonathan's book. Let's let's do it. <laughs> I, I need like a variation on the theme song for when oh, I get to do it. Oh, we could do a variation. Yeah, and like I want like the same song, but make it like a metal version, right? So that my book club's cooler than Brad's. I love it. Well, uh, just to get down to the brass tacks, the book that I am recommending is one that I am actively reading right now. Uh, with John Mark and Brad and our worship planning team. It is by Andrew Wilson, and the title is Spirit and Sacrament. Spirit yes. and Sacrament. And the subtitle is An Invitation to Eucharismatic Worship. And that word, eucharismatic, you can see him his, com, his combining of spirit and sacrament. So charismatic, people typically, typically associate with uh, the Holy Spirit being spirit-filled and all these different things. And then sacrament, people tend to associate with the Eucharist and worship that focuses on the, the Eucharist. And here's the reason I'm recommending uh, this book. This book, probably more than any other I have read at this point, really kind of puts into words and describes what we're aiming to do here at Shades uh, yeah. as far as our worship goes. And, and I think for somebody who's... Uh, maybe never heard us talk about the four streams and, and how that influences uh, the way that we approach worshiping together. Like, I think this would really help you see kind of a broader picture, both a biblical foundation and uh, historical reasons um, for why uh, we approach worship the way we do. And it's really cool to hear somebody else talk about it and to talk about it in a way he's really urging the church to embrace this approach to corporate worship together. Um, whereas traditions have tended to either be more charismatic, more focused on the spontaneous and the movement of the spirit, and, uh, or they've tended to be more liturgical, sacramental, and focused on, you know, um, <coughs> excuse me, the table and liturgy and all that. He's really making a case for for the combination of those things, biblically, historically, and practically. Now, so it's it's not a long read. Uh, it's, just over it's it's less than 150 pages yeah um and it's not a hard read it's yeah. very approachable um accessible and so yeah highly yeah, recommend i do too. yeah i think everybody should read that book andrew wilson he is uh he's in the uk i believe yes i'm not sure what uh background i don't know what denomination are, are they anglican i think so i could be um, i could be completely wrong but they're charismatics that. they're charismatic anglicans or at least they yes. they have uh you know, similar he is, to shades. He is a teaching streams. pastor. He's a teaching pastor at King's Church in London. So King's I Church. guess I guess we could look that up. Yeah, <laughs> there there may be a smaller denom. There is a denomination. And I'm trying to think yeah. of what it's called that I've heard of. I know they have a he's, lot. He's the, uh, the the first place I encountered him is he's a part of a podcast called Mere Fidelity. Um, oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so I encountered him through that, and he's written uh, a children's book uh, that I have, and some other books and things like that. But he's a uh, he's a good thinker and. Uh, and I think this book is is helpful and provides uh, some underpinning. Like you may you may be like, man, I like the way we do worship at Shades, and I appreciate it and all of that. But you maybe you're not as familiar with the foundations of why we do it that way, or that it has historical grounding. And and this book's really helpful in kind of putting all those pieces together. That's awesome, Jonathan. Great recommendation. Um, yeah, you can go. I'll put all that information in the show notes. Um, one quick announcement I did want to make, uh, 
shadesvalley.org uh, is our website, and I do want to make everyone aware that I just added uh, this week a church calendar uh, to the website that everyone what? can access. Yes, I know, I'm blowing minds right now. Um, church calendar, yes, we do put things on the calendar. We do plan things from time <laughs> to time. It's not, yes, so go check that out. You'll be able to see, because I know sometimes there's been confusion, especially in this season of COVID, you know, is this Sunday coming up? Are we having two services or are we doing outdoor service? What are we, what's going on from week to week? So I wanted to make sure that all that was clearly communicated. Obviously you can still subscribe to the emails, check our social media, like Instagram. We try to update those pretty frequently. Uh, but you can also go to the website, click on the tab that says calendar. You can view our calendar there, see when we're having youth, when we're having special events, things like that. Check that out. Chasevalley.org. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm on the calendar on my phone right now, clicked on today, and I can see the stuff that's happening tonight. Yes. Shades. That's 100%. amazing. It's it's very helpful. So. Okay. Uh, yeah, so today uh, we have a, a special, special guest. guest. Yeah, we recorded an interview uh, a little bit ago, and so we'll play the interview for you now. Well, John Mark, I'm really excited about today because we've teased this episode. Yeah, we, we have said that for a while now, we were going to have probably, I mean, I hate to like throw out the expectation, but probably the greatest meet a member interview <laughs> of all time. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we would like to introduce our member for this week, Sharon Ponder. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Great thank to have you with us. Thank you, Joni Ford, for being my fan club person to say, have Sharon Ponder. That's awesome. Oh, you didn't know we had a live studio audience to right. clap for you and got here, right? No. Yeah. Pretty incredible. I would have dressed better. <laughs> Sharon, I feel like you're always dressed to the nines. I feel like you're always, like, perfect, proper. Anyway. All right. Well, for those of you who don't know, Sharon's actually my mom. Yes. Um, yes. So we should John probably. John Mark is shocked. Uh, <laughs> I'm totally shocked. We, I had no idea. We should probably clear that up a little bit. So she's not my birth mom. Um, but um, she would fight anybody that messes with my Jonathan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sharon. Sharon's my adopted Birmingham mom. Yeah. And and introduces herself that way quite frequently to the confusion of many. Yes. So, but, but anyway, no, Sharon, we're really really excited. Um, though you know, I was thinking about this. I was like. A lot of the members that we interview, um, people, uh, uh, listeners are like, oh, I didn't really know them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that everyone knows you, Sharon. But they don't know I got a marriage proposal from an African chief when I was in Ghana, West Africa. They don't know that. And that's the content <laughs> we're here for. I mean, should we just start there? If we're starting there, I don't know where to go after where, that. Where but, to go after But let's that. start there. Well, so how old were you when that happened? Uh, 21. All right. Well, let's work our way up to that. Yeah. When you get to 21, we're coming back to that because I need more. Yes. But yeah, so you've heard these before. You know how this goes. Just tell us a little bit about how you grew up. You're from Birmingham, right? I am from West End. And uh, my dad rode his bicycle to Birmingham Southern College when he was 16 from the house in West End where then I, he was born in that house. And then I grew up in that house. And some people would say I didn't grow up, but I say <laughs> I grew up in that house. And so. Now, uh, now help me because my geography is terrible. Yeah. West End. Okay. On the way toward Bessemer. Okay. Yeah. 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 The Western section. And uh, I, my dad was the Baptist choir director. Came to know the Lord when I was six. Just what, what church? Uh, West End. Oh, I'm sorry. My dad was choir director out in North Birmingham, and that's where we were attending when my heart started beating fast, and Jesus wooed me to himself when I was six years old. And then uh, my parents decided that we needed a safe, stationary church because my dad would do a lot of moving around as an interim choir director. Sure, sure. So we wound up at West End Baptist. That's where I got married when I was 24. We're skipping around. So uh, we intend, we believed we would skip you, around. You probably are not. We surprised. are prepared for this. <laughs> okay. No. So okay. So West End Baptist is it still there? Uh, it's now called Mount Calvary Baptist, and we had a wonderful. Uh, 
service together with that congregation and a lot of old West End members about five, ten years ago, and they served us lunch. It's a beautiful place. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, okay, so you're growing up in Birmingham. So what what schools did you go through here in Birmingham? Uh, uh, Public Good old Hemp Hill Elementary. Uh, my brother was in the gifted program. I was not. Uh, I'm the only sibling that wasn't double promoted. I'm like, so. <laughs> <laughs> she just placed an L on her, on her forehead, on her forehead. Yeah. for all of our listeners. <laughs> for, for being a big loser. But um, no, so I, I, my dad, uh, then I went to high school at West End High. Then my dad said, you have to go to a Baptist college. And I knew Samford would mean I lived at home. So that wasn't going to work. So I uh, chose Carson Newman, which yeah. was wonderful. And that led to living in El Paso as a Baptist Student Union summer missionary, and then in Ghana, West Africa, as summer. I did not know that you lived in El Paso at one yeah, point. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like, my family's from Texas. Um, yeah. I was, okay. was born in Paris, Texas. That's right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so you mentioned siblings. How many siblings do you have, okay. and where do you fall okay. in this lineup? Good-looking, still good-looking, older brother, the favorite of the mother, well, we all thought we were our favorites. But anyway, uh, brother, four years older, and then sisters, we're like triplets, 15 and 18 months apart. Wow. So uh, okay. Miriam wow. lives in Birmingham out in Meadowbrook. Jolene was married to a professor at Oklahoma Baptist University, piano professor. She's a brilliant pianist, and she's the baby. So we're four, four of us. Jolene. Yeah. Now I'm just going to be singing that song in my head for the okay. rest Jolly of the time. Harden. Yeah. Yeah. And she's never heard that before. Right. Right. Of right. course. Yeah. Never. I, so you have a sister in Birmingham, and I have not met her. She is organized and prim and proper and never embarrassing. And I must meet so her. She, she, you would say. I don't believe the this. The miracle. The miracle. Yes. Okay. No, that's. I want to get to getting married that's hilarious so let me know when you're ready oh talk. we'll get there <laughs> we'll get there no worries but there's there's too much good stuff here that i know about that that i'm gonna pull out here for just a second so so really quickly your schooling years and all that give give me time frame where are we here and and like are we in the 60s yeah, where are you yes, in the 60s yes yes uh Graduated from high school in 63, graduated from college in 67. Okay, so I'm really interested because we're hitting right in the midst of some very interesting American history, especially in Birmingham. I I didn't even think to talk. Yeah. John Mark may not know that my uh, dad's sister was married to an American Baptist missionary who was friends with Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, wow. Helped integrate Davis Brothers Cafeteria. It was the first time a Caucasian couple and an African-American couple ate together. That was with Martin Luther King Sr. and his wife. And uh, some unfriendly folks came in and tried to intimidate them. And my Aunt Mabel, my dad's sister, said they were terrified. They were, And Martin Luther King Sr. said, Ms. England, just keep eating. So... They just ate, and the people hovered around them to try to intimidate, and then they lost interest and left. But a lot of history, uh, my uncle talked Martin Luther King into signing a pension plan for the American Baptist Convention before oh, he was wow. assassinated. Wow. So then uncle, my Uncle Martin went to Coretta Scott King's house and presented her with the check for the pension plan. And Aunt Mabel said leather bags of condolence letters were coming in. Oh, my goodness. Very proud history in my family of yeah. that. Yeah, I knew you'd, you'd mentioned that to me at one point before. Um, because what weren't there uh, meetings taking place in, there, in there was some the kind House of, of Christian Leadership Conference, some kind of meeting? My mother was kind of a name dropper. She was hilarious, <laughs> and she she would talk about the secret meeting. We never were really sure, but she thought it was very important. Right. And my uncle Martin said, "Lee Alice, you can't tell anybody about this meeting." So in the, in our living room, that, right? That's. That's incredible. What 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 is your memory like personally? Um, so you graduated college. You said in sixty seven. Right. My sisters. Okay. When I was a freshman in college, uh, our high school was integrated, and my sisters were heroes. They walked 
they told my dad the night before, we're not going to school tomorrow. And he said, oh, yes, you are. They walked in the school with their friends yelling and screaming derogatory mm. remarks wow. at them because, they, you know, yeah. parents who just had not caught up and, you know, were mm -hmm. afraid of unknowns. And anyway, uh, but I was already at college, but I was very proud of my younger sisters who were on the right side of right. all that. Wow. wow. It's incredible. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. Okay. I'll let us move on now. Okay. So you go, to, you go to Carson Newman. Yes. Um, and uh, you graduate. You graduate before you get married. Right. Right? Uh, moved to Huntsville, Alabama to teach school. Met Aaron there. Okay, now wait. Did we just miss Ghana? Yeah. Because I'm not letting you get away Let's from Ghana. Let's talk about Ghana. Yeah. Okay. So, so you graduate from college. But before that, I went to Ghana while oh, I was the, in so college. Oh, so you're in when college. Sorry. Summer. Sorry. That's my bad. Yeah, so you're summer. in college. You get involved with, you said, the Baptist Student Union. Uh -huh. All right. And that lands you in El Paso. One summer. All right. Next summer in Ghana. So tell I'm me sorry. how this marriage proposal happens. Oh. In, I'd rather talk about Aaron, but okay. <laughs> I just need, you don't have okay. to be long. I just need the brief on this okay. story. Uh, okay, we were somewhere with the Baptist missionary. I lived with her, and her two daughters were visiting that summer also. And so we were out in a market or somewhere, and an African chief with all his regalia asked me to marry him. And I am not, and so the the missionary said, this is what you need to say. I'm sorry, I'm already promised. Because you don't want to offend. And him right. having a Caucasian wife would have been a feather in his cap. Gotcha. Wow. Gotcha. Well, there you go. That's. <laughs> and you thought you knew me, John. I know. I know. I learn things about anybody we do this with. I, I'm constantly mm -hmm. learning, mm -hmm. learning things. Okay. All right. So we can keep going now. So we... we Move on from there. You come back. You graduate from Carson Newman, and you move to Huntsville. You said to teach. Mm -hmm. What was your What was your degree in? Elementary ed, taught okay. third and first grade. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. And so, is it in Huntsville that you meet Aaron? Yes. All right. So let's hear this full story. Oh. Tell me how you met Aaron. Uh, uh this gets a little teary. Uh, that's okay. First Baptist Church choir. Uh, oh. Um, all, all my single friends will like this. I had tried to be real shy and coy and all the things I thought would make Aaron like me. At, or No, not necessarily Aaron, just any of the single adult uh -huh. guys. And so one night we were going to a... Sharon, Sharon, I think that plan would have ultimately backfired at some point because I, I, I don't know how long you can my, keep that act I up. Know. It was very <laughs> exhausting. So um, I... I uh, we were not even old enough to be in the single adults, but we would, uh, we would, uh, we would crash the parties of the single adults because my apartment mate was in the single adults. So we went to a fellowship Baptist church party after church on a Sunday night. Aaron was standing in a doorway, and I was done with trying to be shy and coy. So I was just laughing and having the best time and that's when he asked me out for a date and uh the sunday school superintendent got me off in private and this is a serious and she said aaron's not he's too fresh from a divorce he's not ready and uh i i thought to myself mind your own business and so after can i go to after we were married sure you this is your story yeah. you can tell it how you want okay this is to give hope uh six months after we got married we were arguing a lot and he saw himself as a failure at marriage he had had an alcoholic father my daughter who's a counselor can tell you all about adult children of alcoholics mm -hmm. and Aaron was classic and then he got me and I helped his self-esteem but <laughs> he um Six months after he got, after we got married and were arguing a lot, he walked in our house after work one day and he said, I've called a divorce lawyer and we have an appointment this week. Surely you can see this is not working. And I said the classic line, 
I can't disappoint my dad. And so we were married 41 years. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to simplify. I, I don't want anybody listening to think right, that I'm sure. being glib. Yeah. God just did a huge miracle. And I think Aaron was too kind to leave a young girl who thought we could make it. Mm. And so thank you, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> that, wow. Tell me, uh, because, uh, I mean, for those who, who aren't listening, I mean, we'll, we'll obviously get to this part in your story, you know, that, that Aaron ultimately passed, passed away. how many years ago? Eleven. Eleven years ago. And so that was just before we, like, I, I, yeah. I got to yeah. meet you. Right. And so, right. so John, Mark, and I, neither one ever got to know, know Aaron. So tell us just a little bit about him and his, his background. <laughs> as far, like, where was he from? Was he, he, was he, he was from? from he was from East Aboga near Anniston. Okay. Uh, uh, he, he, if you ask my friends who knew him, they would, and Danny Peoples was a good buddy of Aaron's, they would say servant heart. He just, uh, he, and he was kind of a Renaissance man. He was from East Aboga, but he, he, like the aunt and uncle who did the Martin Luther King who were friends and they'd been missionaries in Burma. He, he was wise in that. My relatives who were interesting to us were sometimes a little bit annoying to him. They were so interesting, and he would sit, and he would do, and he would want to go to. We had an aunt who, I had an aunt who never married, and she would give us free Birmingham Symphony Orchestra tickets, and Aaron would say, yeah, let's go. He was a renaissance. He never got a college degree, but he was wise. And The children would say, we need help with math, and I'd say, ask your daddy. <laughs> we need help with science, ask your daddy. Right. One day, Meredith said, Mom, what are you good at? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was always ask your daddy. What? I have a Garrigan story, but go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, <laughs> what, what did he do for a vocation? He started out climbing poles with telephone company. Oh, wow. And and he... Uh, I, had, I had a friend whose dad did that. Yeah. He, I thought it was he, so cool as a kid. Uh, oh, yeah. He fell and splintered up his... Whoa. Uh, he, oh. But he he was so... I, I know I sound like the biggest geek and fan, but he was so smart that he just rose, and so he became... He just kept uh, getting promoted, so he did well as in management with the telephone company. Gotcha. gotcha. That's awesome. He started getting dementia. That's another story. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get there... Tell me how he proposed, because that's usually a question that we ask in this. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm curious. wow. Okay, so we were one of those couples that just started talking about marriage, talking about marriage. So uh, one night, uh, he was asking me all kind of financial questions at the end <laughs> of the date, and, uh, you know, because I was teaching school. And when he got through finding out how much I made and all that, he said, so, how did you put it? So, did will you or something like that? And I said, oh, yes, but I really wanted. And so, we went to the jewelry <laughs> store. We found the ring. And then he he knew. So, he took me out to a lake and uh, opened the ring gotcha. box. That I'd already seen the ring. But he right. said, will you marry me? I love it. Yeah. Just did it all backwards. Yeah. And, oh, and when it. he asked my dad for my hand, my dad said, we want her to be happy, and you sure do make her happy. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. that's awesome. Well, one more question before we do something special. Uh, and that is, so you told us that you became uh, a believer, that Jesus wooed you to himself when you were six, um, which I think for a lot of us that grow up in homes of believers, you know, uh, many of us come to faith when we're, we're young. But we also uh, usually have a you know a growth process yeah. and kind of kind of this coming into our own with our faith what was that like for for you when do you feel like your faith really became your oh, own I love that question uh for me it was getting pregnant oh, and wow. and thinking oh my goodness I'm gonna be a mother and so I even went so far as doing that whole rededication I asked the pa- the sweet pastor we were then at Whitesburg Baptist in Huntsville and I asked him to immerse me again uh but uh, for those was, who don't know, rededication <laughs> is a word that comes out of a Baptist background. Oh boy, does it ever! Does it ever? But I just, I'm my personality is always wanting to seal the deal and make sure. sure. So we had to make sure before we birthed Todd Ponder, my son, and then Meredith, but with Todd, that yeah, all that was sealed and 
properly done. Gotcha, gotcha. But it was it was that whole process of becoming a parent that yes. kind of led you into how my faith needs to be my own. And yes, vibrant. yes. And I remember one night in the car, my dad talking about sharing Christ with somebody. Now he was the Baptist choir director, but that you know, that didn't necessarily, but there were other ways that I watched him walk the walk. My Mm. mother was an incredible Bible teacher, Bible scholar. My mother would say, act like you're having a good time and everybody will like you. (laughs) (laughs) But she also, she'd say, I don't believe in God helps those who help themselves. I believe God helps those who help others. And she was an amazing mentor and she walked the walk. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Sharon, it's time for something special. And I think you know what's coming. The lightning round. Oh, there's more coming. We'll, we'll do more after this. This is just kind of, this is our break. It's our break right here. It's uh, just to ask you some. Uh, so some I don't questions. know that we can get anything more ridiculous than marriage <laughs> proposals in Ghana. True. But all right, Sharon, how do you like your eggs? Ooh, over easy. All right, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. Facebook. All right. Are you on any other social media platforms? Instagram. You are on Instagram and Twitter for some. <laughs> and TikTok. And no, 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 no. For some Tur- reason, turns out Sharon's like a star. Oh, TikTok. I was, I was like, about to say, no. I think she could be a TikTok no, star. I, She's got like I millions might, of followers. I, I might could be. You're much more up with the times than myself. I'm. I'm not on any Sharon. Okay. Okay. All right, Sharon. I know the answer to this one, but I'll ask it anyway. Okay. Mountains or beach? Oh, beach. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Me too. Me too. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm with you there. Um, all right. If you could go anywhere in the world on vacation, where would you go? I've, I've had a hankering for Venice. My my wife has always wanted to go yeah. to Venice as well. Yeah. So have you been to Europe? I, I, yes. Uh, on the way to Africa. That I got, And then later when I turned 60 uh, and Aaron was getting sick mm. with the dementia and the Parkinson's, uh, my daughter and I did a Europe cruise and trip uh, to Europe. Yeah. So, so did y'all hit Italy? Yes, but not. I still haven't been to Venice. Gotcha. Right. <laughs> gotcha. Did you play any sports growing up? Uh, that would be a big no. <laughs> <laughs> did you do like any like extracurricular activities? Um, like so, not sports, but yeah. I well. Uh, Always the music thing and my, mm-hmm. with my dad. And so um, I had... Did you play? In this, I know you sing. I, I, uh, Jolene, my youngest sister, was a prodigy. And I would take piano lessons, ask for piano lessons, and then cry to mother and say, Jolene's playing all my pieces. <laughs> and uh, so, but anyway, I can plunk out a what a friend we have in Jesus and a few more things. On, if John Mark ever wants to oh, sign this, this up. is happening at some point. I don't know. This is happening. <laughs> we could do that. Yeah, what a friend we have in yeah. Jesus. That'd be yeah, fine. Yeah. All right. How many hours of sleep do you need? I need a lot of sleep. Yeah. I go to bed about eight thirty or nine. Don't ever call me late. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, eight or nine. Okay. Hours. So, so not a night owl. No. Would you consider yourself a morning person? Yes. Sort of, yes. Is coffee necessary in that? Hot tea with milk, and that's from next-door neighbor who was from Canada and and also Burma missionary aunt and uncle. What's your favorite tea? Oh, an Earl Grey or an English breakfast. (laughs) That's awesome. Favorite holiday? Oh, Christmas. (laughs) And the Michigan children, I have a daughter who lives in Michigan with my only grandchildren, and they come every Christmas. That's awesome. Who was your first celebrity crush? Wow. Probably Sidney Poitier. All right, okay. you, you're going to have to elaborate for yeah. John Mark and I. Oh, <laughs> I'm very y'all are sorry. So young. All right, well, when all of the world and the integration. In the heat of the night. Yeah. That's good the film. Job. That's, That's the film. Good job. I was about to say, well, if there's yeah. film involved, John Mark <laughs> John, will yeah. know it. Yeah, yeah, I have that movie. Of yeah. course you do. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. In the and, heat of the night. It's one he, of the classics. And he, he's just he's just yeah. an amazing 
Sidney Poitier, and my mother ran into him in New York City and just almost fainted because oh, wow. really I inherited the crush from her. Gotcha. He's just an amazing guy and actor. I think he's still alive. Yeah, maybe. Okay. All right. Maximum number of perfume spritzes before it's too much. <gasps> <laughs> what is the three? Give me okay. Just three. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I just needed to know. You know. Yeah, everybody's allergic. <laughs> I love that she had a, a ready answer to that. Though. <laughs> it's like a scientist that's been worked out. Yes. Over time. All right. <clears throat> Last question here, unless JM yeah. has another. Well, one. unless you have any more, because this I, was all I had. Yeah, I yeah, if you, if yeah. You have any? No, I don't. I, I after, like once again after the African <laughs> Prince proposal, I got I got nothing. Um, is it acceptable to double dip at a party? No. <laughs> I keep waiting for the first person we're going to get who says who yes. Who says yes. What, what is your uh, favorite kind of food? What, what do you like to eat? Like, what's your favorite meal? Uh, probably, uh, have y'all been to North Italia at the summit? Probably Italian. No, I, I have okay. not. Uh-huh. So would you recommend it over, like, uh, Giammarco's? Giammarco's oh. is what everybody talks about when they talk Italian. I love Giammarco. I just ate there. 20 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> and you, thanks a lot for turning me on to that pear pasta. <laughs> oh. Oh, that stuff's good. So good. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, so uh, the name Noki? is escaping me. Um, no, it's not Noki. It starts with Fiocchi. a F. Fiocchi or Fiocchi or something like that. Yeah, yeah. For for the listeners who have not had that, it's it's highly, yeah, highly recommended. And they do have it at uh, Pizzeria GM. Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah, they have it. It's either as an appetizer or you can get it as a pasta dish, but they have it there too. Free advertisement for GM. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, great job, Sharon. That was awesome. Lightning round. What? That was great. I love it. Love it. All right. Well, so uh, tell us um, before we get to like like naturally at this point we'd start asking you how you came to Shades and how you ended up at Shades. But before we do that, let's fill out just a few more details in in your kids. You mentioned you're you're, you're becoming a parent. So yeah. so tell us how many kiddos you have, when were they born, yeah. all the fun things. Okay, uh, Todd will be fifty in five days. Wow! <laughs> and that just doesn't seem possible. So that would he, have been early seventies, nineteen yeah, seventy one. He is married and lives in Montevallo. And he's my actor. Just went to see him in a play this past weekend. That's awesome. Uh, his wife's a stage manager, actress. Where 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 was the play? Uh, it was in in the Brookwood Mall. They're trying to revive Brookwood Mall, okay. so they put a little theater upstairs. Well, there you in go. It was a cute. It was kind of a Doris Day kind of comedy, and it was gotcha. cute. Todd is now playing older character <laughs> roles. He used to play leading men. Uh, Meredith is in Michigan. Uh, I always prayed for this son-in-law, and I forgot to pray that he be from Alabama. <laughs> and so he is a Michigan man, and she she doesn't really love Michigan, but she loves the Michigan man. There and you so go. my grandchildren have Michigan accents, and they're wonderful, and they're the ages of Karis and Levi, your children. Okay. So okay. I always know how old Karis and Levi are. <laughs> There you go. There you go. And so, yeah, so both your kiddos are married, and then your daughter has two. Right. And so right. those and are the two grandkids. And then Aaron was married before me, which I mentioned, and he has a step – I mean, he has a – he had a son. My stepson lives in Atlanta. Okay. And uh, uh, is married and has a daughter who – my step-granddaughter graduated from University of Georgia, and she's now living in Chicago, and her sister is in junior college in Georgia. Shelby and Shay are their names. There you go. <laughs> Shelby and Shay. Mm-hmm. Those sound like they're stories right there behind <laughs> those names. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you don't know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know. <laughs> okay. All right, so um, how long had you and Aaron been married by the time y'all start heading towards Shades? I imagine it would have been a, a while. while. Okay, Aaron was able to get a lateral move with the telephone company to move to Birmingham. My parents were so excited. Where, I was where so had y'all excited. been? In, in Huntsville. Huntsville. In Huntsville, right, that's right. right. So uh, we moved to Birmingham, and we go to a big, wonderful huge church it was not the church for us uh we we really 
we had gotten a taste of some discipleship in Huntsville before we moved. Mm -hmm. And so moved to Birmingham. And it's a time uh, where I can look back and say, I just started praying and being quiet, which is, you know, it's not like me. So I began to pray that Aaron would feel a calling to leave this wonderful, huge church and go where I thought we would grow more. Gotcha. And so and your kiddos were a little bit older at this that, point, right? I think they were like five and Oh, no, they were young. The they were young. Right. Okay. And one night in our den over here in Homewood behind Sanford University on Windsor Boulevard, Aaron's got his newspaper and he looks up at me and he says, I think we need to leave the church. And I went, yes, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> because it was just God showing me, Sharon, I hear you. You don't have to, you don't have to make everything happen. And so we did. And I uh, was, uh, so uh, Covenant Presbyterian was kind of, they were getting, uh, they were starting uh and they were taking a stand on some unpopular issues and really trying to follow God with some biblical principles. And so Next Door Neighbors invited us. We did that. I was a soloist for years. My dad left the Baptist church. Well, I was I was about to say, I was curious, did Aaron have a Presbyterian background? Nobody did. So both of y'all from Baptist backgrounds <laughs> but, just plunged. But we had kind of been exposed a little bit to Briarwood. Gotcha, and gotcha. So, and we'd even visited Briarwood a little bit, but Covenant was cozier and smaller. So my dad, John Mark, joined the choir with me and we sang duets oh that was just priceless and such that's happy cool. memories there uh, and and so anyway that's did i answer that <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. so so y'all are at covenant, covenant. Uh, all right and, and, then, and what's what's the next step that the, okay. brings you towards shades so the associate pastor there was mark wadley and he started shades okay, and my right kids were by then teenagers and they just wanted to follow Mark. And so you'll do, you'll do pretty much anything when your teenagers are willing to go to church. So, sure. and Aaron, uh, Aaron was not a real dress up kind of guy. And uh, Shades was more not into the dress up than Covenant Press. Was. Shocking, shocking. I know. I know you're not ready to hear that. So that uh, was the story on that. And then I have a great Garrigan. Can I tell you the Garrigan story? Yeah, yeah, go sure. for it. Okay, so Garrigan is new. Mike Garrigan is new at Shades. Meredith, my daughter, is by then at University of Montevallo. Todd has dropped out of Montevallo and is working. Meredith <laughs> meets Mike Garrigan after the service, and she borrows his ink pen. It looked like a Mont Blanc $100 pen. It was, but it looked like one, and he handed it to Meredith for her to write something, and she handed it back, tried to hand it back, and Mike Garrigan said, Meredith, I want you to keep that pen and know that I'm praying for you for your college experience. And my daughter looked at him and said, shut up. <laughs> and I thought, okay, my daughter has just told the new pastor to <laughs> shut up. We're going to have to change churches. But anyway, that was the start of a beautiful friendship with them. And, and Mike was such a dear friend to Aaron. Is Aaron, at one point I want to talk about Aaron getting sicker and how Shades was in all that. Right, right. Now, I have, I'm trying to make sure, it, Sharon gave us notes. <laughs> right. So I'm trying to make sure we hit all the highlights. So before oh. we get too far okay. into, into Shades, I, I have a note that we missed. It says Bobby Jones Living Room. Yes. What, what is that about? A dear friend who lives out in Irondale or somewhere now. She was convenient in the Homewood area, and there was talk of starting a Shades, and she had, I think it was the second organizational meeting for Shades oh, wow. in her living room, and I was, Darren and I were there. Oh, wow. So that's pretty so Y'all were there from before Shades was like, Incorporated right, and even a real right, thing. Right. that's and what a blessing that's a blessing. awesome that's mm. incredible okay so the next note that I have uh, just has shades with a heart by it and then Kenyon which is just really confusing <laughs> to have this heart by Kenyon's name I'm very very confused <laughs> yes right but you're but I'm gonna clear that up and that uh, as such a compliment to our kid if you don't know Kenyon Ross. Find him and get to know him. Um, 
uh, my daughter felt the freedom by by this point. Uh, okay, let me let me get myself clear. So, Garrigan is pastor, and uh, Aaron is getting sicker, and it starts with Parkinson's. Half the people who get Parkinson's have the dementia. A lot of people don't know that, and they say, "What's the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's?" And the support group I went to said, "There's really not much difference." Okay, so. Meredith, uh, I'm the only living grandparent to these two precious kiddos in Michigan. So Meredith wrote Kenyon an email and said, would you help so mom can come to Michigan on various times and be, be a grandmother? So Kenyon stepped up to that plate, and he would write emails that said, you're going to be so honored to get to hang out with Aaron Ponder, and we're going to help Sharon and sign up on this list. And so, you know, if Kenyon needs a kidney, I'm his girl. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't matter if it's a mat, (laughs) whatever, (laughs) giving you the kidney. That's right, right, whether you want it or not. But it's just what it went, you know, because it's hard to explain to people why, those of us who know and love shades, why we love it so much, but that's just one, one little reason. And then the guys would, uh, Danny Peoples, Scott Ledbetter, uh, I could name a lot of guys. When Aaron would get confused and he would start to wander and he, he would have trouble sitting through shades, uh, when Mike Garrigan was still pastor, uh, the guys would follow him out so I could worship. I mean, it's wow. what church should be. Wow. <laughs> Pretty cool. That's incredible. That's, that, is, that is incredible. What, um, when y'all came to Shades, your, your kiddos were a little bit older and Meredith would have been. I guess they were in high school. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But they would have graduated pretty, pretty quickly thereafter. Um, what, what kept you and Aaron? here because you kind of came for the kids right so once right. the kids oh, left we, like we what just, we y'all were just, just hooked loved in. It. oh we just loved it yeah and how long tell me what year did Aaron get sick do you remember like how long was it you know it's hard I, I have told people that it was 16 years that just seems hard I remember in his late 40s and my children are older than that now uh he was hard to diagnose, but right. a lot of Parkinson's people get a mask, and he began to get that. Yeah. And uh, he would tell me, I can't remember numbers in meetings. I need to retire. And I would think, oh, my goodness, what will I do with him? Because I didn't realize then that he was really getting sick. Right. And we were uh, we were having some problems with one of our teenagers, and I thought he was just sort of depressed about that. Yeah. And uh, then we realized he was really, really good. But he was such a hero. He just kept working through. One day he was jogging at the Homewood gym on the upper, the Homewood Park gymnasium, the upper track. And I was walking and I looked across at the love of my life for all those years. And I thought, oh my goodness. It looked like he was trying to jog through quicksand. And I thought, he's sick. But he, and he'd been trying to tell me he was sick. I finally clued him. We went to a lot of neurologists before. He he didn't have the tremor, so he was hard to diagnose. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, and then you just, you, you've talked, you've mentioned several times, you've already told some of the stories just about how shades uh, came alongside y'all through the midst yeah. of that journey. I just want to make sure that, that we don't we don't miss anything. Was there anything else along that way that you were wanting to, to talk about? Well, the gift... God, this makes me cry. Uh, the gift of a man from East Aboga whose father was an alcoholic who struggled with self-esteem and then the men of Shades. I mean, it, I don't know exactly how to describe it. Shades is a place, it's a safe place for so many people. And it was for Aaron. Just just a safe, loving place. <laughs> and Danny Peoples. And Danny uh, is... Uh, is far away as a year ago will look in my eyes and say I miss him too and that's pretty pretty precious (laughs) that's that's incredible uh Danny tells a story real quick of a Shades Valley 
community church softball team. Danny was oh, coach. Oh, this is a le- this is legendary. <laughs> yes, the, the Shade the, softball team. Yes, which there's talk of resurrecting. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Well, uh, so uh, Danny was new, and he did, and and everybody was saying, you know, Aaron this, and Aaron was on the bench, and it came time for. <laughs> What a hero. He was just he would he he would not quit trying to live life and to be so uh Danny put him up to bat and somehow he got on base. He had been such an athlete. He had lettered in every sport in high school. So he's uh trying to get around the bases and he gets to home plate and the crowd who all knew him just erupted and Danny found out that day who Aaron Ponder was. <laughs> That's that's great. Oh man, um, so so Aaron uh would end up passing away eleven years ago. Yes, two thousand ten. And so you know, shades we we have a, a good spread of generations. Um, we're not particularly a, an older church or a younger church. There's a good spread. Um, but if we are heavier in one direction, we're, we're heavier or younger. And so I'm just curious, like, what you would want to share about the last 11 years in your experience of, of widowhood, which is not an experience that anybody anticipates, right. you know, being a widower or, um, or a widow, but it is an experience that 50% of people that get married yeah. will experience, at least to some degree, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so while we have younger married couples who that's not on the radar for any of them, I, I just think it would be incredible for them to hear from you, knowing that many of them, many of us will experience that along the way. Kind of just what the last 11 years have been like and, and what uh, how the Lord has sustained you. Mm-hmm. In the midst of that, uh, I remember uh, Caroline Grant did a chocolate table. We had beautiful food after the funeral, uh, the memorial service. Uh, we gave his we gave his body, his brain, to UAB because uh, for a brain study for Parkinson's. Uh, so we had a memorial service. Uh, Mike Garrigan in in his way a lot of people got up and spoke my children got up and spoke and uh the kids that I nannied all those years uh, who are both doctors in medical school now uh, John Charles Nichols that kid stood up with a University of Alabama baseball cap on Aaron was an Alabama fan I'm an Auburn fan and War Eagle yeah <laughs> yeah I knew that was for you right. John Mark thank you uh and so uh John Charles stood up at the microphone and said, there's only one person in the world I would wear this Alabama cap for. Uh, and they called Aaron so. Bubba because I, I had uh, started working for them. We had hit a financial snag, and I went out and got that wonderful job, and they bought Meredith's wedding cake. Okay, so um, just the, the thing that I would speak to, Jonathan, about that question Knowing who you are in Christ, and that doesn't mean I don't still struggle with it to this day. I remember after we, after the memorial service, uh, I said, Meredith, let's go to the beach. Uh, Todd had to work, but Meredith, they were here from Michigan. And uh, she said, why, Mom? And I said, so we can get away from the phone and the, everything. So we got to the beach, and I took my son-in-law, because this is too heavy to say to a daughter, I took it my son-in-law back in the bedroom and I said how could I let him die now how arrogant but this is what the enemy and the accuser of the brethren does and Aaron had a very strong living will so there were no antibiotics to prolong life when it wasn't a good quality of life so uh but I remember on the way to the beach I looked at Meredith and Mike and of course the children their children were little but I said the world treats single people different. And I've appreciated so much, Jonathan, the way you talk about singleness is not a disease. It's not anything that, you know, because mm-hmm. we have to wrap our brain. I remember the first time at a doctor's appointment, it said, check these boxes. I checked married. And then I burst into tears. I was no longer married. And so you you come to that and 
you know we can't get through a podcast without mentioning Grace Wonski, but in the Grace Wonski world, every now and then, if I am having a crappy day and I say something about being too old to be at Shades, I'm one of the oldest people... Don't Gra- you dare ever no, say that. No, Grace, uh, uh, well, I know I could call you, but in, in, in place of you, Grace will say, Sharon, and then she'll text me that week, we need you, you are here. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, the enemy's just, he's just always trying to nibble at our heels. So I hope I sort of answered that. I have been dating, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, as you know. <laughs> There have been several, and I tend tend to run them off, or my standards are really high, or I talk about Aaron too much, or something. Hey, I I am perfectly, as your son, I am perfectly (laughs) fine with high standards. (laughs) Good. I would expect no less. No, no. Um, Yeah, no, I I think it's just a beautiful testimony, um, both to... Just the the Lord sustaining you in the midst of things that, oh yeah, like, like, yeah. like that you don't you can't even possibly comprehend right. how you would face right. or walk through, and I think it's a beautiful testimony <clears throat> to His use of means to do that. Like it's not this, it's not <clears throat> just like this. When we talk about the Lord sustaining us, it's not just this kind of mystical, right? Like, oh, oh, He exactly. sustains us, and right. I'm okay. It's like no. He uses very nitty gritty fleshly things like his people, yes, like the church, yes, yes. like community to, and, to and sustain us. Yes, and and I want a, uh, a quick fun story that will lead to uh, sometimes after your sermons or anybody's sermons at Shades, I will just get more shored up that Jesus really does want to be that for us he really Sharon he really sees you and he really wants to be a husband to the husbandless and a father to the fatherless and and a fun story at the memorial service my tall good-looking brother stood up at the microphone because Garrigan just had everybody talking about Aaron and uh, my brother said his wife wanted me to tell the driveway story. Do you know the driveway story? John Mark doesn't know the driveway no. story. Okay. So uh, my father did well late in life. He invested well. The Lord honored his, he would buy bonds at little churches, and he was real intelligent. And so he did well financially. And he would, he, he Aaron had the luxury of not being my dad's son, which sometimes was kind of hard. But Aaron was the son-in-law and could do no wrong. And so my dad would pay, (laughs) back in those days, my dad would pay him like $30 an hour, which back then was big money. And um, so he paid Aaron to pressure wash his driveway. They lived off Lakeshore Drive, uh, those big houses back in there near Samford, and the China Berries had stained the driveway. So Aaron gets the pressure washer, and I'm in the house talking to mother, and I come outside, and Aaron has written, I love Sharon with the pressure washer. <laughs> and we have a picture of that. So oh, that was the story at beautiful. the memorial service. So those are the memories that sustain mm. when you are in a crowd and you think, I'm the only single person here, you know. And, right. and then you think, wow, I was so loved and could I ask for more? <laughs> right. Wow. That's that's awesome. That's just beautiful. Well, Sharon, this has been a joy, and we are drawing close to the end of our time. So, last chance. Is there anything you didn't get to say or share that you would like to? Because we're, we're definitely, this is your only time on Shades Midweek. No, I'm just kidding. We're definitely going to have you back oh, at good. some point. Well, I'll, I'll, t- tell a quick Todd story since I've talked about Meredith several times. Uh, when Todd was growing up, and I guess we were still maybe at Covenant Prez, and some Sunday school teacher there or at Shades, I think it was at Covenant, uh, taught him a bit about being a child of the king, and that's your identity. So Todd's playing t-ball. Now, Todd was quite a tennis player, but he wasn't into big team sports. He did better if he could just be Todd and do that. So uh, he was playing Joy League 
baseball. I don't know why, because we thought he should. And uh, so his friend, who was more of an athlete, struck out and came back to the bench and was very upset. And Todd turned to him. Todd was seven or eight years old. And he said, don't worry, Bryce, you're still a child of the king. So that's my Todd story for the day. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Mom, thanks for coming in. <laughs> Thanks, son. <laughs> phenomenal. No, no, it absolutely was. And I learned a lot. I feel like I do that every time we get to sit down and talk. There's there's just a new story, a new avenue in in the life of Sharon Pond. I'm going to need a book. That's what you need to start doing. Yeah, there you go. Start working memoirs. on your autobiography, a memoir. I like it. Well, if you have any questions for Sharon, I'm sure she has answers. <laughs> That's and true. So you can uh, you can email us at midweek at shadesvalley.org and feel free to ask Sharon anything that you would like to, and we will bring her back in. That's right. For we'll an do answer. a Q&A with Sharon Ponder. Oh, that would be fun if it was a live radio broadcast to do a call-in <laughs> Q&A with Sharon Ponder. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> well, we thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of Shades Midweek, and we will see you next